0: Well, I wanted to come up today to the Guns N' Roses song, Patience, but uh, Jim was responsible for that, and he let me down, so that's okay, we'll, uh, we'll manage anyway, it wasn't really a fitting song, but we thought we could maybe put the fine back into fundamentalism with songs like that, so. <laughs> but, uh, hey guys, it's good to be back again, uh, our once a month visit. So, and we're talking about planning patience uh, this week. So, here's what I want to try, here's what I hope to accomplish today. We're going to talk about patience. Um, As I was putting this lesson together, I I pretty quickly realized that this was more than just a lesson about patience. This was a lesson as much about the sovereignty of God as it was uh, anything. And I want to talk about that, and hopefully this lesson will field us towards uh, the direction we'll be going in, and and with time permitting, uh, Lana is going to join me at the end, and we're going to talk together, and uh, really today we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture, Um, so, uh, looks like everybody's got their Bible, I don't know, you know, we're just going to be kind of flipping Old and New Testament both, so, um, a lot of scripture talking about that, and uh, that's what we'll do. So I will pray again, and then we'll
1: uh, get started. So let's pray. God, I thank you again for this opportunity to be here, Lord, and I just pray now that as we uh,
0: start this time, of lesson of teaching, that your spirit will just continue to be through with us and just guide our thoughts, uh, guide me, as I teach. In everything I say, be faithful to you, to your word, and you receive much glory. I pray this strong name of Jesus. Okay, so, plan of patience. Uh, the lesson today is basically coming, uh, my points are coming directly from our visions. You know, we got the five Ps. This is the fifth P. Uh, we can call it that. We got uh, what are they, Jim? they prayer, proclamation, pace, patience, personal relationships, and planned patience. So this is number five, and under planned patience in our vision statement, we have three subpoints, and those are my key points today that I want to focus in on. And the first one of those is to continue to build upon the vision of the church. And basically, simply, that is just to continue to do the things that we have been doing so far. Uh, Not in a way that, as Jim prayed, I thought that was wonderful, working at God's pace, not getting ahead of Him, not getting behind God, but working at the pace that God has us working at, and patiently waiting on the Lord, and I want to start the first Passage from Psalm uh, chapter 40, verse 1, and it says, "I waited patiently for the Lord; He inclined to me and heard my cry." Psalm 40. I'm not going to read the whole psalm. Uh, It's a fairly long psalm, but Psalm 40 is a combination of two things. Uh, First, it gives thanks for the many past mercies received from God, and second. It presents a fresh instance uh, of need for God's help. And as this plant uh, begins to unfold, it's going to become pretty obvious as us, it hasn't already, how much we will need God's help in order to continue to build upon to build upon, uh, the vision of the particular past. Uh, let's flip over to uh, Lamentations now chapter 3, verse 25. It says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. And I think this verse here is referring to the goodness of God, and it's referring to the sovereignty of God. Uh, and it's referring to those who wait Him. And to to those who wait for Him, this is not like some sort of passive uh, sitting, you know, sitting in the chair, looking for the sign in the sky, like, okay, God, I'm just going to wait on You, and here I am. I'm just going to sit here and wait, and wait, and wait. uh, But to those who are... uh, faithfully serving, hey listen, <laughs> <laughs> until God asks, <laughs> yeah, you to throw me off the game, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm, I forgot to mention, um, like last time, this can be interactive, so if you got any questions, Jim has the answers, so... Right. I've got my stool back. I mean, I didn't want to sit in the assistant royalty chair here, so that's just...
2: Jazz. Oh, man. check
1: out a couple.
0: No. build upon the vision of the church. Next, there is uh, celebrate and encourage the evidences of God's grace that work within Redeemer. So, we're doing what we're doing, right? All right? We're not trying to get ahead of God. We're not trying to fall behind God. But, at the same time, there's this mindset that we can keep that we don't want to fall into, that we become so overly patient that things start passing us by, uh, that we start missing out on things. Uh, so we'll take some, we'll look at some more scripture, uh, encouraging those sort of evidences here. You know, we want to celebrate, encourage evidences, uh, dealing with that, and also about kind of not just sitting on our rear end all right, God, when, when, do, when you don't do something, so uh, let's flip over to Ephesians. This lesson may actually go faster, but I, I go Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through. a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So here we have Paul exhorting us, the church, uh, to unity and uh You got some virtues mentioned here: humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity. These are these are characteristics that we saw in life of Christ. Work, uh, work at encouraging these among one another, encouraging these and, and seeing evidences of these among one another as a body. I think that's something that we want to do, that's something we want to work for, want to see in one another, in building one another up in building, uh, building up as a body, working Let's flip over to uh, Galatians now. Yeah. Chapter 5. Y'all know what this one probably is before I even get to it. anybody want to take a guess? We're, what's in Galatians 5? Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit, yes. Yeah, through the Spirit. Chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And each of these fruits shows us something differently. And one of the things that patience shows us is that we are to follow God's plan. His timetable, not our own plan or our own timetable. Uh, another thing that shows us is that when we abandon our own finite way of thinking that we know how everything should work, that we know what's best, that we know when something should happen or when something should work, we begin to abandon that and begin to trust in God's infinite wisdom working things out according to His good pleasure, His good timing, His good and perfect will. Uh, I think we can, it's one of the things we can clean from patience uh, We one of the fruits the spirit of patience. Okay. More, I told you, we're, we're, we're hitting a lot of scripture today. Uh, Colossians, let's go over to Colossians 1 now. Colossians 1. I was just going to read verse 11 from chapter 1. And uh, when you read it by itself, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I'm going to read the first 14 verses of Colossians 1. It gives a little bit better context there. And man, Colossians is just... I love Colossians. It's a great book. And just on a side note, uh, there is a great devotional called Hope of Glory by Sam Storm. As a matter of fact, really anything by Sam Storm is worth your time and money to purchase. Um, so that's just a little side note. It, it's a great little devotional a daily. It's 100 meditations on the It's great for couples to do or for individuals but uh, get a chance if up. Uh, uh, very easy to read. It doesn't take too much time at all. I just wanted to throw that out there. So, Colossians 1, 1 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Coloss. You say Colossus or Colossus? Can Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the father of our lord jesus christ we pray for you since we heard of your faith in christ jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of this you have heard before in the word of the truth the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing as it as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of god in truth May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious mind for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. So Paul starts uh, this chapter out like he normally does, you know, he gives his greeting, hey, this is all, I'm apostle. So, he, you know, that's the first couple of verses there. And then he directly, verses like three through eight, he goes straight into this thanksgiving, you know, thanking, thanking, uh, giving thanks to them, uh, for the Colossians, for the faith. And then, he transitions right into basically to a prayer. Um, and he reports on how he regularly praise for them to be strengthened. So uh, in reading all of that, I think my point is that is what better way can we encourage and celebrate evidences of God's grace and encourage one another than by praying for, for each other. Uh yeah you know, I, I can't I couldn't think of a better way, than how can we lift each other up better than lift and by the renewing of our minds. His way is not a crystal ball. His way is wisdom. We should stop looking for God to reveal
1: the future to us and remove all risks from our lives. We should start looking
0: to God, His character and His promises, and thereby have confidence to take risks for His name's sake. God is all-knowing and all-powerful. He has planned out and works out every detail of our lives, the joyous days and the difficult, all for our good. Because we have confidence in God's will of decree, we can radically commit ourselves to His will of desire without fretting over a hidden will of direction. Then he goes on to say later, uh, God is not a magic eight ball. We shake up and peer into it whenever we have a decision to make. He is a good God who gives us brains, shows us the way of obedience, and invites us to take risks I love that quote, um, uh, it, it's easy when, when, when trying to plan, and we want to be patient, we want to hurry up, because you know, here we are, you we know, have our fast food, and our fast down lows, and we drive back, you know, everything is, you know, I want it and I want it now, and, uh, and, and, and the young just kind of chops the legs up from all that, and he's like, shut up, you know, Everything works in God's oh, good time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, He's not just magic at boss. Like, okay, like, God, what do you want me to do? I don't like that answer. <laughs> well, let's shake <show> <laughs> it up again, <laughs> you know. Let's say, man, that's the one I want. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so the question really kind of turns us around and turns the question back on us. And uh, uh, the question is not like, what do we do? When do we do it? How do we do it? The question becomes: uh, Do I love God? Do I love the Lord with all my heart? Do I trust You, God? And uh, with that in mind, we can confidently press forward and continue to plot ahead. Yes, we do make plans. Yes, we do all those things. But it's not like something's going to happen that's outside the will of God. And it's like, okay, that happened, so here comes plan B. What do we do? That that becomes...
1: The question becomes, do I trust the Lord? Number
0: three. Do not let a possible perceived... Lack of fruit like bananas or apples. Be a deterrent from continuing to move ahead. Alright, so here we are. We're cruising along, we're doing church. We've been meeting like this for how long now? Um, it's June 7. since June seventh. Since June seventh, alright. Two months now. Uh got soft launch coming up in October. Things feel like they're going okay. Uh, we're progressing along week to week. All right. We hit a speed bump. Like that. Yeah. We hit a speed bump. You know, we get out of our Redeemer car here, or truck. It's a truck. I'm from Tennessee, so we're in our Redeemer truck right now. Uh, we got a flat tire. And upon inspection, we see that there's oil leaking out from underneath. <clears throat> what do we do? Uh, how are we going to respond? Oh, you me know, a little faith here, you know, speaking like it's inevitable. that Something's going to go wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, Lan and I thought we would have already been here. Uh, Logan and Allison thought they would have already been here. As a matter of fact, Logan and Allison thought they were going to be here before Chad and Phyllis. Uh, so in our own little world, things aren't going as fast as we want them to. So, you know, that's a little sneak up for us, you know, kind of that waiting and, and wondering. It's like, you know, And then, you know, I read that book, and it's like, just do something. All right. I went on to do it. And I am now, twice as confused as I was before. So, you know, so how do we react? And uh, in all likelihood, there... I don't want to say in all likelihood, even though I just did, but... Uh, The question is, you know, what do we do if if things uh, take a little bit longer than we thought? uh, Maybe some ministry plan gets delayed. Um, You know, something kind of stalls out uh, for whatever reason, you know, for something that we're completely unaware of right now. So, uh, you know, how how will we respond? How would we handle that? And, uh, uh, you know, will we be able to... uh, patient through that. Genesis, uh, you can flip there. It's really over a few chapters, but make about. Uh, let's think for a minute uh, about the story of Jacob. All right, and we'll just do a brief. All right, this is Jacob, the guy who uh, tricked his dad, you know, deceived his brother, went to mama uh, for his help, and so you know, he's gone on. this young stud, and uh, he sees this girl, and I mean, she is beautiful, right? He sees Rachel, he's like, instantly falls in love with, with Rachel. Well, Rachel has a sister named Leah. They're both the daughter of Laban, and uh, but Jacob wants Rachel, and he will do whatever he needs to do to get Rachel. And so what does he, what does he agree to do? Work seven years. Work seven years. Work se- I'll, I'll work for you for seven years if I can, if I can marry Rachel. Yeah. You. Rachel is a, uh, you know, the bomb or whatever, you know. whatever. Whatever you guys say today. <laughs> uh, so what happens? Uh, he works seven years. It's time for the wedding. All that happens. He wakes up in the morning. Who's laying there the next to him. Leah. Leah, not Rachel. He thought he was giving Rachel, and it's funny. Scripture, Scripture has a lot of humor to it. If you,
1: if you want to see it, there, it describes Rachel as
0: you know just this beautiful goddess-like woman, and then it talks about Leah as having weak eyes, and it reminds me of like. When you're in school, high school or college, and your buddies are trying to hook you up on a blind date, and guys, what do we always say? If you're, if you're, have ever been on a blind date, what is the first thing you ask your friends about the girl? Does she a gun? Exactly right. And your friend's kind of like. Uh, she
2: has a nice personality.
0: That's exactly right. She's got a great personality. Leah is the chick with the great personality. Alright? Rachel is the supermodel. Leah is the chick with the great personality. Jacob didn't want personality. Personality. He wanted the supermodel. Although, something must have been going on. That's kind of the point that I wanted us to sort of glean from that. You know, and you got, there's other guys, you know, you think about Joseph. Uh, you, can, you can draw the same application from Joseph, David, Joe. I mean, even beyond the uh, pain and suffering he went through, you know, how he waited on the Lord. Uh, and you think about the Old Testament in general. Uh, from the time of the prophets, they're predicting this. Future King, this future Savior coming. And so you got generation after generation after generation thinking, is this the one? Is this the one we've Is this the one we're right And how many times, over and over and over, that wasn't the one? You know, so, you know there's a, a lot of lessons that can be learned from that. Uh, you know, and all waiting, all under God's umbrella of God's sovereign will and His good. Time. Uh, let's flip over to uh, Luke chapter eight, verse fifteen. Uh, so, um, while you're getting there, this is uh, this is at the end of a. Uh, this is right after. Uh, Jesus gives his disciples the parable of the sower. You'll remember the parable of the sower is, is uh, uh, the farmer. He threw some seed that landed on the path, some landed in the thorns, some landed on the good soil, and so on. So, so he, he gives them this parable, like in the first uh, four or eight verses there. They don't know what it means, so you get your next few verses. Now, now he's giving his explanation uh, to, uh, to what that parable meant. And he ends it. In verse 15, there, and it says, "As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience." And uh, so, I think patience here can also be translated perseverance uh, in this context, and, uh, and it's showing us that fruit bearing oftentimes. Will require uh, much work and much patience before any significant results are ever seen. And uh, that's a healthy reminder to us that a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of diligence uh, may have to be put in before we even really see uh, uh, sort of the fruit of our labor, so to speak. Spiritually, uh, for the work ahead of us, the work, the work that we started, but yet a lot of work on the way, work to come. Now let's turn to Romans chapter twelve, verses nine. (laughs) Let love teach anyone, abhor what is evil, hold fast what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Never leave it to the wrath of... I'm sorry, but leave it to the wrath of God. Bread is ready. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry... Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you he will heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome um, evil with good. What we got here are marks of true Christians. And these are words uh, to encourage us, even if we perceive, when um, we perceive a lack of not going uh, as we have hoped for in the words there to encourage us to continue on uh, despite difficulties or perceived difficulties. That's all I'm saying. So uh, you go to the next one. Sovereignty of God so, as I said uh, from the beginning, you know, this is kind of the path I was wanting to work towards. And uh, I think as I, I said this at the beginning too, when I was kind of putting this together and making it out, I, it, it, it came, at least to me, you know, I don't know if it came across to you guys this way or not. I
1: hope it did. Uh, but this lesson, day
0: Was as much or more about the sovereignty of God uh, as it was about planning or patience or planned patience. And uh, hopefully, you know, from some of the texts we've looked at today, that's maybe a little bit more clear. Uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. I apologize if it's not. <laughs> but uh, um, so, what I want to do now is spend just a little bit of time uh, talking about the sovereignty of God, uh, a very difficult, complex uh, topic. And in no way will I cover everything or touch on everything, but I just want to uh, cover some scriptures with you guys in dealing with this. And, uh and just kind of let them speak for themselves as we think about um, trusting God with our plans for this church, um, uh, just relying on Him, um, not our own not our own wisdom. I'm just going to read, I've got a bunch here, we um, are in this book. So rather than me flipping back and forth all the time, i kind of laid out here in this. So I'm just going to read uh, several passages dealing with the sovereignty of God to you right now. The first one is from Psalm 33. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He forged the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Uh, here's uh, these next three are from Proverbs. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. This is Proverbs sixteen nine. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs nineteen twenty one. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. Proverbs. 30. Consider what God has done. Who can strengthen what he has made crooked? Ecclesiastes seven thirteen. Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Lamentations three thirty-seven. Job 42.2 says. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. For Psalm 115.3 Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases Him. Isaiah 14.27 For the Lord Almighty has purposed, and who can thwart Him? His hand is stretched out. Who can turn it back? One more from Isaiah, 43, 13. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Pretty strong. For the Lord our God. Jerry Bridges, in this book here, uh, talks about the sovereignty of, of God like this good stuff. Nothing is so small or so trivial as to escape the attention of God's sovereign control. Nothing is so great as to be beyond His power to control it. The insignificant sparrow cannot fall to the ground without His will. The mighty Roman Empire cannot crucify Jesus Christ unless the power, unless the power is given to it by God. What is true for the sparrow is and for Jesus is true for you and me. No detail of your life is too insignificant for your Heavenly Father's attention. No circumstance is so big that you cannot control <laughs> it. It goes on to say, another section, From our limited vantage point, our lives are marked by an endless series of contingencies. We frequently find ourselves, instead of acting as we plan, reacting to an unexpected turn of events. We make plans but are often forced to change those plans. But there are no contingencies with God. Our unexpected, forced change of plans is a part of His plan. God is never surprised, never caught off guard, never frustrated by unexpected developments. God does as he pleases. And that which pleases him is always for his glory and our good. Our lives are cluttered with a lot of if-onlys. If only I had done this. Or if only that had not happened. But again, God has no if-onlys. God never makes a mistake. God has no regrets. As for God, his way is perfect. Psalm 1830. We can trust God. He alone is trustworthy. So what's, what's my point in reading, in reading that stuff to um, I think the simple explanation... I think the simple uh, explanation, and I think this is where we get to the application point uh, of, t- of today, um, is that as a body called Redeemer Church, we can and should do the following. We pray. Right? We plan. We prepare. We work. We be diligent. We be intentional. We seek evidences of God's grace. We encourage one another. We examine. We re-examine. We do all of these things. But, ultimately, we yield to the will of God and trust in His being in God's wisdom in God's grace, in God's mercy, and in God's good timing in the unfolding and the development of this church plant. I think that's that's our big application point. Um, themselves, and about us, um, and so, so, what do you, what do you want to say, I mean, <laughs> what, what do we want to say here?
3: Um, I think the first thing we ta- started talking about is that we kind of gave ourselves a date, like, well, you know, if we're not there by this date, then we, it's not God's will for us to be up there, and we really started thinking about it really, really. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know? Okay, hey God, you know, you got till October 15th and then we're done. You know? You know and we thought thinking about how all these little things that we give God, you know? Like, like our own little checklist. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, well, if this doesn't happen, we'll know, you know, that you don't want us to go. And it's so much simpler, I think, to think like that. But whenever you start thinking about the sovereignty of God, like, you, know, you don't really work like that all the time. A few times in scripture, people have a little faith and they do it place out, but it hasn't worked like that for us. And us, yeah, and I would even I haven't done this for a while, but I know everybody's done. But you take your Bible and you okay. Close your eyes and flip. Them. <laughs> okay. And then I'd look at it via verse about like circumcision. <laughs> this
2: is not really helpful. I how what did you how did you apply then? I just
3: didn't get it. <laughs> <that. Okay. laughs> <laughs> so, you know, nothing like that is helping. You know, I just I think it's so hard because I keep praying, like, I want to hear your voice, I want to hear your answer, you know, I don't understand I don't hear, you know, why we don't see any signs. And I think that's so hard because I mean, we want to know now, and you want to know when, and you want to be able to plan, and that has been the hardest thing, I think. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how did you all get involved? You mentioned how did you all get involved in, in Redeemer again? Oh. Um,
0: an invite from Chad. Chet and I got to know each other pretty good last year by going on a mission trip to India together. Uh, and so I don't, you know, and then somehow the connection was made that Lana was from the area, and you know I, don't know, I guess he put two and two together and thought, hey, maybe he would be interested in this. So he approached me, and you know, just sort of you know, just through talking to them over some time. Yeah, and we even have had doubts, Um, you know, we'll admit this, Um, and, you know, we, you know, like, first we sort of tentatively committed, and then we were, like, fully committed, and then there came a point, like, because, like, no jobs, we weren't finding no jobs, and so we started backing off, and thinking, okay, what are we, you know, what's going on here, because, you know, it's usually for me, you know, it's been pretty easy, to get a job or whatever and you know, things weren't going along at the pace we wanted and then you know it turned into a question like okay so what's our role in all this you know why are we really doing this are we going up there to be glorified like church members you know and so you know so there was sort of that kind of swirling around in the back of our minds and <clears> uh <throat> but uh you know so we we worked through those things you know we're and so, as I told Chet, you know, we're we're fully committed to this. Um, we just have no idea when we're getting here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, this lesson uh, really kind of hit. You know, it was really a, a good lesson. Uh, I, you know, I'm glad Chet asked me to do it way back when we were having when we were meeting in a hotel room in right. a local. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, and, and Chet said then he said, "Why don't you do this one?" And, and so you can take some time just to talk about, like, sort of, you know, how you had to think through this, and, you know, kind of, and those contingencies. Then in our mind, you know, that's where they are. They're, they're contingencies, you know, and so it's like, you know, and the, the if-onlys, you know, and the what-ifs. And uh, uh, that's where that Bridget, uh, that Trusting God book is really helpful. To just be reminded that there are no good homes. There is no plan B uh, with God. It's not like, okay, I'm going to give you two choices, and if you don't make the right one, you know, all right, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to try this again. You know, God
3: does. think with having kids that and you know, I said at the age of they are now, you want to get them involved in stuff, like everything, we kind of put everything on hold, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get too involved in anything there, because you think, you don't feel like you can get fully involved in anything whenever you're like this, you don't feel like you can fully commit to anything, you don't feel like you can fully commit to, you like you fully commit to people, you know, as far as being friends, anything, you just like, well, at any moment, you know, leave, you know, we'll be able to come up here. I think he just kind of felt torn. And with them, like, well, we're just gonna go ahead and put her in gymnastics. We have to pull her out in the month. just things like that, preschool or anything. So, but I think the relationship. is
2: you guys sitting up there and telling us about the the process that you went through to say that you're fully committed and to express your disappointment in not being here by now. Um, I'm not saying we doubted those things, but it's good for us to hear you say it. Um, And I want us to... uh, I want, us, I want us to all get a chance to talk. I don't want you guys to share everything you want to share, but before, you know, Lana sits down, we move on to something else, I want us to pray uh, for you and your family. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, um, but we'll, you know, I don't know if anybody else has any other questions in this area of how how you guys are experiencing and learning patience yeah, in this whole process. Yeah, I, don't want of, any, I don't want anybody else to ask that sort of, wants to, but before we move on to the
0: next thing, I want to pray for you guys. Yeah, it's just, it's... <laughs> in, in a way, I can sort of equate it to, um, I went on this bike ride about two weeks ago, uh, and I rode my bike across the state of Iowa. It's organized plan. You know, it's called Rag Bride. It's called Rag Bride. Um, and uh, um, last year when we went to India, uh, Dr. Vickers made a comment. He said, whenever you do something, he said, these trips are... Half of them is about what you give and half of them is about what you receive. And I know the thing... And what I received from that trip uh, was humility and <laughs> <laughs> humility because you're climbing these hills, and Iowa is very hilly, in case you didn't realize, at least the southern part. And you know, you're thinking, I freaking paid to do this,
3: <laughs> and.
0: Uh, and you're climbing this hill, and then you got this 75 year old woman just pedaling on your left. On your left. Oh, get out of the way, sonny! You know? Uh, and uh, and you're thinking, Did she
2: yeah. really say oh, that? Did she oh, really yeah. say, "Get out of my way, yeah. sonny"? <laughs> like,
1: on your left,
3: you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. You need to move to the right. The fast people are over here on the left. You know? So, <laughs> so you know, you learn. You need a lot of humble pie because uh, you know you, you're cruising down a hill at 30 miles an hour and you feel like Lance Armstrong, and then you got to go back up the next <laughs> one, and, and you know. Uh, but then perseverance because you just pedal, you plug away, and you know you make it to the top. You know it's a lot of prayer involved, and you know I kind of it to this in some ways in that you know it's not happening as fast as we thought it would. It's not. Necessarily coming together, you know. Chad and I obviously have open lines of communications, and that's one of the things I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, uh, back here somewhere, anyway. You know, just sort of how you know, kind of hitting that speed bump, uh, and you know, we're kind of like on that speed bump right now, thinking, uh, you know, is it going to be next month? Is it going to be in the winter? You know, and is it going to be? But anyway. So, so those lines of communication are open. Uh, <coughs> we continue to stay open. So, yeah. You know, so kind of, you know, just the persevering, you know, plugging away, planning. Um, that's really that's that's all I've got. We can do the prayer, uh, and uh, if there's time left, chat ask that we. Just have group discussion time, uh, just really to encourage one another. It's basically what he said just to have a chance to encourage one another, uh, lift up those uh, evidences of grace, and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. I think it would be appropriate for us to gather around.
1: pray, and I'll close after a while. Oh, God, I just want to thank you so much for what you're teaching this family, first kids, in, in their lives of patience, and, and we we recognize just how hard it is for them, because we all go through it, Lord. God that that we think we know your will, we think we really know your plan, and all of a sudden, nothing nothing's happening the way we thought it was going to do. And yet you're still good, you're still God, you're still sovereign. So. Lord, I just pray you teach, first feels what you're teaching them through this, Lord, that you just uh, grant them, just, just a great a great love for you and a great love for those that are around, Lord. As, as they're in this time of, of difficulty with relationships and not knowing when you're leaving and for the kids and planning out what they're doing and for jobs and for everything that's happening here, Lord. More or less, empower us to come up alongside them and encourage them and to, and to strengthen them, Lord. Uh, Uh, encourage their hearts, their, their family. Lord, just grant them a great peace and in, in, in trust and in, in, in faith that you are at work here, Lord, even now. Guiding them, leading them, strengthening them. Oh, God, your perfect peace fall upon them, and grant them strength. We, when we fully rely on you, will be delivered from that patient's so We just ask that uh, you be with them through this time, allow them to fully rely on you, and, uh, and grant them the, uh, the time that they need to be able to come here. And I just ask that you uh, show them the way to come.
2: Heavenly Father, would you you grant your peace that surpasses all human understanding to Shane and Lana and the girls? Would you guard their hearts and minds um, in Christ Jesus? God, would you please enable them, empower them to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ? Heavenly Father, I ask that um, you would strengthen this family in the inner man, and in their inner being. Father, I ask that um, You would encourage them uh, with Your presence by Your Holy Spirit. Father, I'm grateful um, for the things that they are learning. God, I... I join them in confessing, proclaiming, lifting up your sovereignty. God, we do know that your timing is perfect, but we don't always wait on it perfectly. Um, And God, honestly, sometimes we give in to discouragement
1: as we imperfectly wait on your perfect timing.
2: So Father, I, I, I pray that for Shane and Landon and the girls you would uh, you would enable and empower them to to cast aside discouragement, disappointment and to, and to perfectly wait on your perfect timing. And Father, I pray for us here in Champaign who are looking forward to their arrival in this community and the opportunity to be with them weekly and day and on a daily basis. God, it's hard for us too, and we, we get discouraged. Father, I pray that we would cast aside our discouragement, put our trust in You, and would You empower us to, to wait perfectly on Your perfect timing. Father, um, you are the God of encouragement, the God of peace, the God of comfort. Um, that is in part what we seek today as we gather to pray. We're asking that you would give peace and, and, and uh, encouragement and comfort to the Birchfield family. We're asking that for ourselves, too, that we would also experience peace and encouragement and, and comfort. Um also, God, we, we just gather together and with just a loud voice and with one heart in full agreement say that you're sovereign. You're God and there is no other. You're God and there is none like you. You declare from the beginning. You declare the end from the beginning and, and ancient and things yet to be done from ancient times saying, my counsel will stand I will accomplish all of my purpose. So God, we just just trust in you. We believe. We have faith. We believe and we trust. But God, help us for our unbelief. Help us in our lack of trust. I pray in the name that's above every other name, Jesus' name. It, it's it's our pleasure, but it's our responsibility. And that was that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And though there is this uh, distance of mileage between us, you're our family. We're yours. You know, we're stuck with Yeah, that's what <laughs> family does. So. All right, cool. Could that also be our closing prayer? Okay, that must be our closing prayer. So, guys, thanks for being here.